This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. on Aquara podcast, Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper here live at State Farm Center where we just saw a basketball game, Derek, as uh, a Terrence Shannonless Illini team really stepped up. A, a lot of good performances and Illinois defeats Fairleigh Dickinson 104 to 71. But uh, we have to address what happened over the last 48 hours. It has been a, a whirlwind, obviously, for all these Illini fans that are paying attention. It's been a whirlwind for the Illinois basketball program. Uh, it's been a whirlwind for us for, for covering this, but we got to speak with Josh Whitman today, Derek Piper, and uh, then we watched the basketball game. We heard from Brad Underwood. We didn't dive too much into it because this has basically been a DIA and university-led process of, of Terrence Shannon, but um, I, I want to dive into this on the podcast, but I didn't want to do an emergency podcast, Derek, because everyone was asking if we could do that yesterday, and this isn't a coaching change. This isn't a transfer. This isn't commitment or a player injury. Uh, this is bigger than sports. And we wanted to make sure we talked with Whitman. We talked with Underwood before we quote unquote weighed in uh, on all of this. Uh, and I'm glad we did because I think we learned a lot uh, from Josh Whitman. Um, so the first part of this podcast, will focus on how we got here, the process for Illinois and what's ahead. Uh, the second part will focus on the basketball part because we are a sports podcast. So, and uh, there's basketball games to be played. Big 10 play starts next week uh, and Illinois has to play. Um, so this is a very sensitive topic. One, I don't enjoy covering Derek. I know you don't. We've covered things like this in the court system. Nothing quite like this. Um, and obviously there are lives who will forever be changed by what's happening and is happening. Uh, we just hope the law finds the truth. And that the truth wins out uh, with the law. So, Derek, I, I want to go down with the facts that we know. But uh, obviously, even for us, just covering this, this has been a, a crazy 48 hours. Yeah, these are never fun. Uh, we had a stretch there during the John Gross era uh, with uh, Kendrick Nunn, Leron Black, uh, Jalen Tate. Um, it's not enjoyable to, to, to cover these things. And you always feel for those that are involved on, on both sides. Um, and, and it's hard because we don't know everything. So uh, that, that's where even now it's, it's a delicate situation, obviously a very sensitive one. Uh, and still to this point, um, even as we maybe even hear things that aren't set into a microphone, you, you got to understand that there might be another side of the story and, and that you, you don't want to jump uh, too far in um, too heavily and say too much with uh, too, too many absolute certainties. So. Yep. Uh, obviously, this is a very serious and uh, potentially very damaging uh, accusation that this, this hanging over Terrence's head. And uh, it, things are going to have to play out uh, in terms of details coming out, uh, the, the court process. I know, you know for his, his lawyer to say that, number one, TJ is, is maintaining his innocence and also that, uh, you know, they, they plan to take it to trial, that uh, this thing will have to um, – to play out in that sense. So uh, in the meantime, Illinois is going to be without him. I, I can't imagine we can dive into some of the, the finer details in the process on the Illinois side of it. But uh, I know that, you know, Josh Whitman really diagramming that all the, the, uh, the protocols that are within place uh, when you go through a situation where you have an arrest and indefinite suspension. Uh, now it's going to go to the, the misconduct panel uh, that is, is made up throughout 
uh, a couple of different branches within the university. university uh, and it's really out of Josh Whitman's hands. It's out of the DIA's hands at this point uh, as they go through that, that uh, I have a hard time believing that maybe in the, in the immediate sense that, you know, they would lift the suspension. I know I asked Josh specifically, would there be a situation where there could be a resolution for Terrence's playing status before there is a re resolution legally or in the court? And he said that it is possible, but um, I, that's just my take on it. Uh, I don't know everything that they know behind the scenes, but yeah. uh, it, it just seems like obviously, um, obviously, uh, again, a very serious thing, uh, a, a very admittedly very ugly uh, type of ex accusation and, and, and something that is not to be taken lightly. And um, this is a, has a big impact both on the basketball side, but obviously uh, this is, you know, the Illinois teammate, uh, a guy that Brad yeah. is Brad Underwood's very close to and whatnot, but uh, you know, they're, they're trying to, as far as I can tell, you know, they're trying to support Terrence as much as possible, but understanding that there is a process that has to play out. Listen, Derek, I know people hear things, people read things uh, on the internet, uh, social media, whatever it is. Um, these are the facts. We have to deal in the facts. And this might be a little bit boring to go over on this podcast, but I feel like it's important uh, for people that haven't heard all of it in one sitting or whatever. But here are some of the facts that we know. Douglas County in Kansas put a warrant out for Illinois star guard Terrence Shannon Jr.'s arrest on Wednesday. Shannon turned himself in on Thursday, which now we know he went with a couple of UI uh, employees and they helped drive him down, booked around 11.30 a.m., arrested, posted $50,000 bail, and he was released minutes later and he traveled back to Champaign, got back last night. Shannon is charged with one count of felony rape, which is defined as knowingly engaging in sexual intercourse with a person who did not consent to the sexual intercourse under circumstances when she became overcome by force or fear that charge comes with a penalty range of 12 to 55 years in prison there's an alternative charge that includes a misdemeanor charge of sexual battery defined as unlawfully touching another who is 16 or more years of age who did not consent to the touching with the intent uh, to arouse or satisfy the sexual desires of the offender or the other that's in the charging document the charge stems from shannon's september trip to lawrence kansas to see the illinois football team play at kansas illinois said Terrence was not uh, in Lawrence on official university business, wasn't a member of the U.S. travel party. Illinois knew of the police investigation in Shannon since September, but said that until Wednesday had not received actionable information to spend, suspend Shannon, allowing him to play in the first 11 games of the season. Josh Whitman provided a timeline today that we'll go over here in a second that I think is very important. But Shannon's arrest triggered the DIA student-athlete misconduct policy, which Derek brought up, that resulted in Shannon's immediate, indefinite, and suspension from all team activities. He'll now have a panel review by a three-member panel board uh, that is has no um, – DIA has no oversight over. The university chancellor's office appoints those people, and they will decide whether to uphold or withdraw that suspension um, and that decision is final until the legal process takes its court. So um, Shannon can ask for a delay in those things as well if he wants to, uh, but he is now indefinitely suspended. Shannon's attorney, Mark P. Suter, um, said in a statement yesterday, Shannon's innocent of the charge and that they plan to take the case to trial. So I understand there's a lot of speculation and rumors out there, but I think it's important that the, the hard facts that we know so far um, at this moment, that's what we know. So we got to let the process play out, but... You know, Josh Whitman took the podium today, 20-minute opening statement, and he really detailed the process. Um, and I thought it was important to talk about the timeline here, Derek, um, because I think a lot of people's question was, how did the university process handle this? Um, how did they handle this in the correct way? And people can decide that if they want. But the alleged incident occurred on September 9th. Um, Mid-September, Illinois was made aware from the UI Police Department that Shannon is part of an investigation by Lawrence Police. Illinois was not given details of whether Shannon is the center of that investigation, but just days later, weeks later, Illinois is made aware that Shannon is being investigated for an incident at a Lawrence bar that includes inappropriate touching. I asked Whitman, um, knowing that, knowing that fact, what, why did the university allow him to continue to play? Why did the university keep promoting him? And he said, we did not have enough information, whether it was a report or any formal document that said, 
this is what he's alleged of doing. They just didn't have any communication with the Lawrence Police Department, he said. Uh, and they had to work through the U of I Police Department just to get any kind of information out of here. So they didn't receive anything until Wednesday, Josh Whitman said. And once they got that formal charge letter, the warrant for arrest, they immediately triggered their conduct policy, uh, which anything with sexual misconduct with a charge, uh, they immediately suspended him. But it's interesting, December 5th, the official complaint was filed against Shannon in Kansas. So you wonder if his lawyer had that and he didn't, you know, doesn't have to maybe with the university, but the university probably would have liked that information at that time um, that charged him with one count of felony rape or that one count of misdemeanor sexual battery. So uh, I thought that timeline was really interesting. Whitman got that information after practice for basketball, made Shannon and Underwood aware of the immediate suspension. Underwood told the team on Thursday, and obviously that's when uh, Shannon was booked uh, in the jail. So Whitman addressed us today. What did you make of, of what Whitman had to say, the process they went through, Derek? Yeah, number one, it sounds like that there is a definite uh, strong framework there to abide by to where it is – uh, taken out of the DIA's hands. You don't have, you know, I, this wasn't said specifically, but you don't have bias in this uh, in terms of uh, a coach, not that, you know, Brad Underwood would would, would act in, in such a way, but you you take out the, the fact of a coach, number one, having to be distracted from the team or making uh, self-interested rulings in terms of, you know, this is my guy, I need him to play. Uh, ha having it to where it's a, a committee put in place that is put together by the university, uh, to be able to review this and, and to handle it. Uh, and then that really decides the, as Josh described, kind of the, the intermediate period between now and when the, the legal uh, ruling is going to be made, whatever comes from that, whether uh, it would be a, a determination of guilt or not, or if the charges were to get dropped, but in that immediate, in that, uh, that grace period that they're, they're determining that. So uh, I think as far as what was diagrammed to us in terms of the timeline, it makes, it makes sense why Illinois didn't act um, prior to this in terms of a, a prior suspension and, and waiting for more details. It doesn't sound like there was um, not that I have, you know, a ton of background or um, knowledge of how these type of things usually go or should go. Uh, but it doesn't sound like there was a lot of, uh, cooperation or just uh, details that were shared uh, by the, the the Kansas Police Department or or the DA there as far as filling Illinois in. And even if there was, uh, until he was officially charged, it would be um, something they were investigating that it would be an allegation that uh, did not uh, ha have their guy facing any anything of of anything officially. I should say. Yeah, did, at that did point not. In time. Did their policy would not have met their criteria yet right. of suspending. And that's why you have a policy. And this is a policy Whitman started his first year. They implemented this. And he said, um, Ryan Squire, who's their chief integrity officer, who Whitman doesn't really oversee, like Squire makes a lot of these decisions um, that they've used it about seven or eight times. Uh, and I asked him tonight if he feels like the policy, you know, was held up that that it, mm. it did its job and he said he thinks it did he thinks it really helps with this so listen i understand if you hear something alleged like this it's it's scary uh and, and if it turns out to be true you wish you would have suspended him but i do think there's got to be a red line there's got to be a red line and and for can you imagine if a charge was never filed and you're suspending terrence that's not fair to terrence shannon and due process right and and to have the legal, like that is a, a red line that is clear uh, for Josh Whitman to suspend Terrence Shannon. So it'll be interesting to see what's next here, uh, Derek. Obviously, Terrence Shannon is on track to be an All-American. He's on track to be a first-round draft pick, and all that is is obviously so up in the air and, and threatened right now. Um, but he's got to go through – he's got his due process, innocent until proven guilty. And I hope the, the law finds out what the truth is in all of this. But for right now, the next steps are that conduct panel, which must review that suspension and make a decision of whether to uphold it or not. And that depends on the legal process. So for anyone who was interested, can Terrence Shannon come back? I don't know how quick, like this would have to probably be dropped. Like pleading down to a misdemeanor with a sexual assault, that, that would, I mean, we saw the Kendrick Nunn case, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. he pled down to a misdemeanor 
uh, domestic battery, I believe it was, and that and that triggered his dismissal from the team. Jalen Tate's charge was dropped, and he returned to the team. Uh, and that took two months just to go from charge to case dropped. So timeline, I, I don't know. We can't predict that. But those are the things that would have to happen for Terrence Shannon to return to the team. Uh, I would just – this team has to prepare. Like, he, he's not going to be there. And, and obviously mm. that's – you know, for a team that's ranked number 11 in the country right now and, and had a really good start to the season, that's that's huge. But that's the next steps in the process, Derek, and I don't know where that's going to lead. I don't think any of us know where that's going to lead. Right, yeah. Uh, the only thing I would I would add in terms of the Illinois side of things is I, I think it is important to note that uh, Josh Whitman said that until Wednesday when the charges were officially announced and the warrant was out for his arrest, that was the first time Illinois was was communicate. It was communicated to Illinois that rape was involved. That it, uh, prior to that, like you said, it was described as inappropriate touching without a whole lot of other details at attached to that. So I think that's also something that, as people maybe try to determine for themselves or, or try to evaluate whether something should have come sooner on, on that side. Although we just diagrammed and laid out why right. why why it wouldn't. Uh, that's part of this as well. But yeah, I mean, it, there's no doubt Illinois. Illinois basketball season just got turned upside down. That's not to say it can, it can't still progress to be an NCAA tournament team. That it can't go on a path where this is a, a fun ride and a good season. But uh, you know where this got left off going into holiday break. You know the performance they had against Mizzou and the fact that Terrence was continuing to put together a campaign that had him fast tracked to a first team All American and had this team with him in the mix, looking like a top ten top 15 team in the country uh, as a baseline with potential, you know, with really with the arrow pointing up with the chance to continue to, to further their, their position here. And uh, while a, a lot of the opinion in the preseason and in, in the early part of the season is that it's Purdue and everybody else in the big 10, it started to look like Illinois might have a say in that. It started to look like Illinois uh, nationally was be, being considered more and more of a, a watch out for this team to make noise, go on a deep run type of thing. Uh, so without without Terrence for the foreseeable future, possibly the rest of the season, because it is something that is very much in question, if not in right. doubt at this point. Um, yeah, I think it would it would need these charges to be dropped. I, I don't know if there's something that uh, at his initial hearing that I, I think I saw Brett Barron's posted. Uh, is it January 18th yes. is, is the first uh, the, the next kind of date to, to know in, as far as the proceedings here that. Uh, if there was something brought to light that uh, would get these to, to be dropped and maybe that that would come about. But um, yeah, usually I, I, I'm not a legal mind. Usually that would be the, the plea, um, right, right? right? Like how do you plea? Um, not guilty seems like it's going to be what, what Terrence yeah. Shannon pleas here. So, and then it's more weeks, right? So right. legal process usually take, and especially in a time like this, like I looked up Kansas, they said the median uh, for felony trial is like 120 days from the, the charge being put out there. So uh, the timeline just does not match up unless something changes, yes. right? Unless something drastic changes. Um, so yeah. Any, anything else to add on that before we get to the basketball part? No, not really. No. And that's, that, that's the hard part that, that Josh Whitman really kind of, you know, voiced to us is that they have to balance the fact of, you know, admittedly, you know, probably what Terrence has told them, you know, what his version of the story is, uh, what they what they they understand about the case itself, but also understanding that there is another side of the story to this. That there is a legal process and, and you don't want to be put in a situation similar to the, the front end of it of we don't want to suspend him and then nothing comes of it. They don't want to then put him back on the court and then he's then found guilty I mean, or, or just in the meantime that even just the possibility that he could be guilty of a, of a rape charge would draw obviously immense criticism. So I, I find right. it hard to believe that I I'm with you. I think it is a situation where for him to be back this season, the charges probably have to be dropped because anything else, if it goes the full length of a trial or any other kind of situation on along those lines, it's just going to be, it's not going to line up in terms of him coming back. Something would have to change legally, I think, for Illinois, yes. Like, that that member panel, it's just really hard to foresee Illinois playing somebody with an alleged rape charge while that process is going through. Like, yeah. the, the, the storm 
would be insane for this university, for this athletic department, for this basketball program, all of it. I, I just don't yes. see it. And Whitman just said, here, here's a key quote. Obviously an incredibly unfortunate situation on so many different levels. We've all enjoyed watching Terrence play this year. We've enjoyed seeing our team compete, but in moments like this, we must understand that basketball must take a back seat. We have an obligation here as a university to take allegations such as these incredibly seriously, which we are doing and have done. Sexual misconduct has no place on this campus or any other campus for that matter. Our priority is the well-being of the people involved and we'll handle the situation with great care, appropriate diligence, and concern. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll talk a little bit about basketball. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle while tackling your holiday to-dos. Too busy with holiday plans to cook, but want to make sure you're eating well? With Factor, skip the extra trip to the grocery store and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. This holiday season, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered right to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. All right, Derek Piper. Uh, Illinois takes care of business today. Uh, 104-71. I asked Brad Underwood what these last couple of days have been like emotionally and just preparing a basketball team. And uh, I don't think Brad wanted to make them seem out to be victims today, which I, I totally understand. But imagine what these guys have gone through uh, in the last several hours. And it's not to make them, you know, the pity party here. Like there, there's potentially bigger victims here. Like, uh, mm-hmm. um, but to come out the way they did and and dominate a lower level opponent, I know, but to get these guys to step up, Dane Danger, season high 19 points, Justin Harmon, season high 18 points, Coleman Hawkins, season high 18 points, Ty Rogers, Quincy Garrier, Marcus Damask, all with double doubles, Ty Rogers, season high 10 points, career high 15 rebounds, Damask, career high 11 assists, Garrier's third double double. You see Dre Gibbs, Lawhorn get involved with nine points here. Um, it was a it was a pretty promising response, encouraging. And I think it shows a, a veteran team. And as Brad Underwood said, this is the most connected team he's had. Uh, and it sure looked like it there. Cause this was tough like as a person and, you know, one of your teammates and obviously a close friend of all these guys um, is going through that right now. And has these serious allegations against him uh, and, and just dealing with that, thinking about that in your head about the possibility of that, like, that's got to be hard. And, and these guys came out and uh, took care of business. I thought Brad Underwood had to, to love that response. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, I mean, on the note of most connected group he's had, it's saying a lot, knowing the years that Trent Frazier and Ayo DeSumo logged together. You can throw DeMonte Williams in that mix. Uh, obviously, Kofi, uh, two years uh, with that group as well. And that 2020-21 team was – obviously really darn good, but also pretty darn connected as far as we could tell, covering it pretty closely. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, this was a, a very mature response. 
as far as I wondered where this team would be at mentally. I, I figured they would be, they would, you know, you, you try to to rally as a team when you face adversity. Um, I think just kind of in general, kind of as a just umbrella like theory uh, for this team, the way I thought of it is an older team should be able to handle adversity much better than, than last year's team did because they were yeah. they were so much younger and uh, there, there wasn't an established leader that uh, you know maybe established guy in the locker room and but at the same time or just any kind of normal speed bump or type of thing you'd go through during a season but this isn't normal this is uh, a totally different thing they got thrown on them yesterday and that's their that's their leader that's their best player uh, so, so for them to wear some kind of uh, emotional thing going into this game would not have been surprising at all, but uh, you were not able to to tell that in terms of a lack of focus uh, or any kind of distraction and whatnot. And look, it's it's one night against a lower level basketball team, one of the worst defenses in in D one according to Ken Palm. So, uh, but you do give credit where it's due that a number of different guys stepped up. It was it was a just a togetherness effort that you had a bunch of different contributors within that and guys that you need to be more aggressive and more effective were that Justin Harmon is definitely one of those Ty Rogers, who was fantastic with his rebounding, but I think his offensive assertiveness in particular in the second half was something that I really liked that, that stood out. So, uh, and even Dane getting going, I mean, Dane, obviously we'd be kind of waiting around and wondering is, is this just going to be not the season for Dane because of the fit and whatnot? Uh, does Terrence being out of the mix, does that change something potentially for him? So, uh, you know, Brad really highlighted the bench in particular uh, and, and just in general having those guys pick up the slack for a guy that averaged 22 points a night. Uh, this was an encouraging step in, in that direction. You can't replace Terrence Shannon with one player. It can't be Justin Harmon. It can't be Dre Gibbs-Lahorn. It's got to be everybody. Uh, and the fact that everybody, you know, we're talking about six guys who elevated their game. Um, six guys scored in, in double figures. Six guys all had season high or career highs in, in something basically tonight. Uh, that That's encouraging because it has to be by committee. The the one thing about this team, Derek, is it, it is deep. Now, without Terrence Shannon, it's hard to envision this team competing for a Big Ten title. Like that that Without Terrence Shannon on the court, that, that seems impossible against a team like Purdue. But this team is good enough to potentially have a good rest of the season to, to make the NCAA tournament based on their resume right now and getting what, 10 wins in mm -hmm. the big 10. Can this team get there? I think this team is still capable of that Derek, because of the, the depth that Brad Underwood has built. Um, Justin Harmon went off in the NIT last year, averaged 14 points to lead a division one basketball team last year, a conference champion, right? In Utah Valley, just didn't win their, their conference tournament title. Uh, to make the NCAA tournament. Quincy Garrier has been a second-team All-ACC guy, right? Um, Coleman Hawkins has kind of looked like an NBA prospect the last several weeks. Marcus Domask is an All-Missouri Valley Conference player. Ty Rogers, you and I have always thought, like, this guy could be one of the better players on, on a really good Illinois team. Now he's going to have opportunity to do that, right? Like to, to be the Jeremy Sohan of, of mm. this Illinois team and be that triple double threat. Um, he's capable of doing that. Now he's got the opportunity. Uh, I'm interested to see how all these guys respond to that. But the basketball is different when you don't have a six foot six, 225 pound freak of an athlete who can score at every level, who, who breaks down defenses. We saw that early. They were struggling with turnovers, they're struggling to break down the defense. So, Derek, how do you see Brad Underwood and his staff pivoting? Um, I asked him about that. Didn't didn't really have a really in-depth answer about that, but he said that's what we get paid for. So how do you see them pivoting without that dude in your lineup? Yeah, you said it right there. I mean, he's done a great job of opening things up for other guys. You, you see the way defenses load up the lane for him and just the fear of his downhill ability, the, the fact that he's going to attract – the number one defender on any team, that he's going to be the the core of any any scouting report. Then you build it out from there, and, and not having that guy, then obviously more attention gets turned to how do we slow down a, a rejuvenated and, and evolved version of Quincy Guerrier, who's been really really good recently. Uh, maybe they lock in more on on Marcus Damask in the mid post, and uh, and that's kind of maybe to then spin off and answer your question is you need 
puts Gary to continue to be this guy. This this is a guy that looks like a potential, you know, third team honorable mention at the very least. You know, I don't think he'd be a second team or a first team All Big Ten guy, but he looks like a guy that could be in an All Conference type of of mix. I mean, he's got more double doubles now with Illinois than he had in two years at Oregon. So like, uh, that's been very impressive. I, I was impressed tonight, not only with his activity. He comes out and, and pops a three to start the game. So obviously he's continuing to shoot at a high level. I love his – he was very vocal out there. Uh, you know, Dre gives Lawhorn is the turnover soon after he enters the game. And Quincy turns to the bench is like, Coach, that was my fault. I don't even know how it would have been Quincy's fault. But that, that's just a leader. That's, that's a leader. Uh, and, and they need someone uh, to, to elevate into that. Uh, I think it is playing through Damask more, obviously, in the, in the mid post. Um, put him in some more ball screens than you would have been. I know we've seen some of that. And for Damascus to put up double-digit assists tonight showed that I know there were some turnovers mixed in there, and uh, he's going to get caught up against some some in-your-face quicker defenders because he's not a natural point guard. I, this is still – you could take a snapshot of this game tonight, maybe the first 15 minutes, and say, here's a, a, an example of of why Illinois could get stumbled, you know, stumble up in the tournament because of uh, a pressure defense without a point guard. And, and you can understand that. And I – Things will be a lot more difficult than they were tonight. Executing offensively, things bogging down when you don't have guys that attack the lane like Terrence does. That's why it's important that Ty does it more with aggressiveness. That's why it's important that Justin Harmon can do it some. Uh, and then Coleman Hawkins, to his credit, like he's been a guy through his career that will pop up in certain moments and say, man, this version of Coleman is an NBA guy. But the consistency yeah. has not been there. You can't say it throughout a, a large enough sample size. By the uh, way, this is his only second time of his career, four straight games of double digit points. So yeah. this is like his this is like his best stretch of basketball um, right. overall at Illinois. Like you can think of the Keegan Murray really slowed him down, you know, defensively. There were some like defensive standouts, but this is his most consistent stretch of basketball. It's it's four games. Can he can he continue to do it? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. I just want no, to good. make that point. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I wrote it in the in the preview today that he's mostly been, you know, the last two previous two years, you look at him, whether he was with Kofi and Trent or, you know, last year with, with Terrence and Matt, that he's kind of a luxury piece offensively. Like if he's going, that just takes Illinois to another level, but he's not really part of the maybe the baseline of what you're really fully relying on because Coleman hasn't been entirely offensively reliable, very good defensively. Uh, and with his energy and whatnot. But now you need him to be more of a primary guy that you lean into, a guy that will make shots uh, to create that spacing, uh, a guy that maybe will be more aggressive around the basket with some back downs and whatnot. So uh, to jump up and make five threes tonight, he's continued to shoot at a high level, and uh, he just looks a lot more in sync and comfortable, and that's that's very, very important. So let me throw this at you. Of all these step-up performances in this win over Fairleigh Dickinson. What is, what are you most, who are you most encouraged about? Is it Domask with 11 assists? Is it Ty Rogers with 10 and 15 and five? Is it Quincy Garrier kind of being a leader? Uh, and I thought a tone setter. Is it Danger with 19 points against a lower level opponent? Or is it Harmon with uh, his best game? Isn't a lot of, which one stands out most to you? That's a great question. Um, I, I got I my answer. I'm tempted to go Justin Harmon because it's a lot different than what we've seen. Like the, the fact of, and I know, you know, Brad mentions, and it was part of why they recruited him out of, out of Utah Valley. And really remember when they get his commitment, they don't entirely know that Terrence is coming back. So uh, there's a world where it doesn't go that way. And Harmon's needing to be more of a, a focal point offensively, not going to be your go-to guy, but a guy that you need to score more instead of kind of this fit in and, and just try to, piece together and scrap together your role. So I, I think for him to have a stretch where he knocks down, you know, he scores your final, what, 16 or 14 of the 14, uh, 14 of the first half. He makes four straight threes. I, that was really important. Uh, but I, I do think maybe my, my answer because this momentum seems to be building for him is Ty. I, yeah. I think, I think it's Ty because the confidence needs to come around. The aggressive needs to come around. He, he hunted out the matchup. You're not going to face, a five eight point guard every night where you can kind of really just decide that once you cross half court, you're taking this guy to the rack. But uh, I, I think that, you know, I believe it was the Colgate game. He comes out and has, you know, three assists in the first five minutes and they're running, 
more through him in the pick and roll than they had um, for most of the, the the start of the season. Just seems like he is more aggressive. There's more on his plate, and he's showing the signs of being more and more comfortable with it. My answer is Ty. Like, like Justin Harmon, it's huge because I feel like the opportunity – like we, we know Coleman, what he is capable of. Now it's about consistency. Quincy, we've now seen it consistently. Like he, he's a given for me. Like I, I just love his demeanor. I love his confidence right now. Marcus Damask, we know he can kind of be, I, I wrote, conductor of, of the offense, and he's got to be that now. He just needs to make some shots. He made the toughest one today <laughs> in the corner, um, but he's missing open shots. I, he just needs to be confident and keep shooting, and Brad Underwood's got that because he's – Two for his last 22, but I, I still think he's going to hit it. I, I, I don't think there's going to be an R.J. Melendez entire season situation because he's a career 35% three-point shooter. But Harmon and Rodgers are guys that have have to take advantage of this opportunity for Illinois. Like, And Harmon kind of know he can be a scorer, but now the opportunity is there. And, and Underwood's like, I'm only going to take you out if you don't shoot. So I, I think that's really encouraging because he wasn't close on his first two. Then he made four in a row. But we know he's capable of that. Ty Rogers has the opportunity to really elevate his game um, because Illinois needs him to. In, in this situation, they need him to elevate and become a player that, let's be honest, Derek, like we had high expectations for him coming in here yeah. to Illinois. And we thought, like, this guy could be one of your best players, maybe in a Draymond Green type of way. Um no, Draymond didn't shoot well his first two years. Now incrementally got better and better, but just those things that he's a matchup nightmare and he can initiate, he can he just makes everybody better. He was a menace on the glass tonight. We know how good defensively he can be. Five assisted, two turnovers. He had two turnovers early, uh, and then nothing after that. And he was a high usage role. So I, I'm so encouraged by that because they need it, Derek. He, he's a matchup nightmare, and he needs to take advantage of it offensively. So. I know he's only three of eight, but just that aggressiveness and growing confidence of him, I think, is is so important given the situation moving forward. You know, the funny thing is, if you would have said at the end of last season that Ty is going to, you know, let's let's say you throw in the caveat, Terrence is not playing for Illinois. Yes. And and Ty is one of Illinois' best players. You wouldn't be surprised at all. No. You really wouldn't be. Like, and you'd show him maybe a box score against Fairleigh Dickinson, and he, he fills it up with double-digit rebounds. That's career high in, double, in rebounds, like a handful if, if of Ter assists. If Terrence weren't on this team coming into the year, I would have thought Ty Rogers could be like an 8, 7, and 5 guy. Yeah. Right? And, and be just one of the best glue guys in the country, and then as a junior and senior really take over the team. Right. Right. No, I agree with that. It's the, it's the point guard aspect of it then obviously it's something that it's not entirely natural to him it's something that he's had to deal with and and, and try to navigate uh and he has showed some hesitancy in terms of attacking off the dribble which you know we, we only saw flashes of it at the end of last year although albeit it was very effective in in a small sample size him in the pick and roll him getting to the rim he does still need to when he gets there finish a little bit more uh effectively or, or more consistently uh, but yeah, I mean his his athleticism and physicality on the glass and, and defensively are things that we knew we knew that he could do it at, at a high caliber. Uh, and then now you throw in, you expect him to be able to get a little bit more confidence offensively. Uh, I've always thought of him as a a good passer, a plus passer, regardless of where he's playing. Uh, and so for him to to even be kind of like a secondary creator connector. Uh, I always thought he could he could distribute. Uh, of course, there's more of a spotlight and a and a, a pressure on him in a point guard role, especially because he's bringing it up and he struggled against presses at times. But kind of the bottom line of of what I was originally saying is that it it, it wouldn't have surprised us in a Terrence Shannonless Illinois team for Ty to be one of the the better players on that squad. And it frankly, they need him to be like you were saying. The other thing he can bring leadership. Uh, he, yeah. He's a he's a he's a natural leader. Uh, and he's kind of talked about taking on leadership role. So that's going to be necessary right now. One more guy I want to talk about. Um, Luke Goody got the start off night for him, 0 for 4 from 3, 2 points. But Dre Gibbs Allhorn's going to get more opportunity. Uh, I know that's been a talking point. He got uh, 14 minutes tonight, 9 points, I believe, all in the second half, 4 7 from the field. A couple nice takes to the rim, open 3 made it. 
but there, there was a moment that I thought really stood out to me after that bad turnover, when he just got in the game, Brad Underwood, probably in earlier games would have kind of exploded on him or just, you know, made a point of being like, Dre, that was a mistake. He kind of bit his tongue. And I think you go, I think it was because he knows I'm going to need this guy. Like I, I, I need this guy and we're going to need him the rest of the season because you can see the talent again. And, and this is a game you would have bookmarked. I think you did Derek as a potential double digit game. I'm a game. little bummed that he didn't get the, the one extra point to get to 10. But, but fairly digging, you're like, that's a game Dre gives all horn can get in. Well, that, that's going to be really important. Um, you know, I don't know if playing against Boo Boo is going to be the best thing for, for Dre Gibbs Wallhorn, but if Ty Rogers struggles or gets in foul trouble or Justin Harmon doesn't have it going, Dre Gibbs Wallhorn's in this rotation moving forward. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 12, maybe it's 15, but uh, developing him, you're going to have to deal with some of those things now. You didn't have to deal with it before. Now, I think Brad Underwood knows I, I probably got to deal with some of these growing pains, but it's nice you have that talented option. Uh, and Andre potentially gets a little confidence going into Big Ten play here. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a great point. Um, I think there was, uh, Joey was even pointing it out. And, and uh, you know, it seemed like Brad's initial instinct was to kind of look at the bench and start, you know, gazing up and down. Like, who, who am I throwing him in, throwing in there to bring him back out? But, uh, and that was the instance where Quincy's like, my bad, my bad. So the, the players, they know how talented it is. They've been talking about it since the summer. And it is going to be a situation where you're going to have to ride some of the some of the ups and downs with it. And based on the, the previous construction, you didn't have to do that with freshmen as much. You could you could have a shorter leash because you had the vets to to fill in the gaps and not necessarily need that a whole lot for him. But it could be potentially for the time being, of course, you want Terrence Shannon back uh, at some point. Uh, a blessing in disguise for for Dre to kind of come out of a shell or just figure things out, be thrown to the fire. A guy that's played against good competition in the past, uh, UIBL, and and at times in the uh, the overtime elite circuit, and he's just he's very gifted athletically as a scorer. Uh, he, he's scuffled some uh, with his scoring here in recent outings prior to tonight, and maybe sometimes, and definitely sometimes had some questionable shot selection or just try to do too much, but uh, he could be a nice piece that comes along. I always thought we've talked about it for months that I've always expected him to be someone that on a, even just if it's a handful of nights, maybe just a couple to, to inject some life, to be a difference maker for a stretch in a, in a big game or just in a, in a big 10 game that you, you kind of need him. So uh, he's going to have his, his opportunity now uh, laid out in front of him and uh, some of, the confidence building tonight is important. And I think that it was good that he got, was able to rebound from that turnover and not unravel and, and to kind of go out there and make some plays afterwards. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not crazy. I, I know Jaden Epps last year got a lot of opportunity to then to build up to what he did in big 10 play because like, they had to ride with him and sky. So Jaden or Dre doesn't have that foundation and, and whatnot, but, I don't think from an ability standpoint, it'd be crazy that if Dre at one point was doing some Jaden Epps-like things in terms of scoring output and getting to the basket and just having that type of, of impact on this team like Jaden did last year. Yeah, if they didn't have Terrence Shannon and Justin Harmon, I think he would have gotten those. But yeah. you, how are you taking those guys off the court? And how are you right. taking Ty Rogers off the court? Like what, right. what he brings defensively in the glass, all those things now. It changes. Uh, so so his role is going to change. Uh, two other notes. Nico Moretti, not in a boot tonight. Yep. So we'll see uh, what happens with him. I, I would imagine that's a big ramp up, though. Uh, so we need some a big ramp to get there. Uh, and then we didn't ask about Sincere Harris tonight. I know people have the question, but he did not. He was not dressed. Um, so that conversation is had or not, I don't know. We can follow up with, with Brad Underwood in the future, but uh, – nothing has changed that we saw tonight. Uh, we didn't ask the question, though, so it's something we got to follow up on. Yeah, it is worth asking again. It, it's Sincere's call in terms of obviously deciding to redshirt, and if you were to pull it, uh, that, that would be up to him. Uh, you know, I, I would say that it would be abrupt for him to to say, you know, with the news coming on Terrence, then to say, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it off. But then again, it sounds like it was fairly abrupt of, of putting it on when he told the, told the team the day before, the day of the, sh the shoot around of the the opener that he was going in. 
uh, to, to doing a red shirt. So um, I, he doesn't fix the fact of Illinois needs scoring in Shannon's absence. I still think this is a pretty good defensive team without Terrence. Obviously, they're going to be tougher matchups, more athletic teams, more dynamic, bigger guards in particular. Uh, you know, they, they roll out a lineup tonight with, with Luke Goody and Marcus Damas. There are going to be some teams that exploit that from an athletic standpoint. Um, so I, Sincere would have had the ability to impact defensively. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's something we didn't bring up. We talked about the points, but I'm glad you're bringing this up now because Terrence Shannon's an elite defender, and, yeah. and they're, they're really, really going to miss that. They are. No, they definitely are. Uh, they still have some some good individual defenders, and, you know, Ty and, and Quincy, and when matched up, you know, with in the right spot, I think Marcus can, can hold his own, but there are some, some quicker guys that can take him off the balance or – same thing with Luke Goody as well. And, uh, and Harmon is not that level of defender either. No, no. Doesn't have the size, doesn't have the the, the physicality, and obviously the, just the, the quick twitchness. So, uh, yeah, sincere, I think, until proven otherwise, fully expect him to continue to redshirt. Immediately, just a sure tidbit, I asked somebody the other night, uh, you know, do you expect – anything to change was sincere. And they, they kind of said, who knows that it gave no indication that it was something that was brewing. So yeah. uh, no, no expectation that's coming. Uh, Nico January is kind of sometime in January has been kind of what I've earmarked or expected mm-hmm. uh, since then. So he, he's probably still, if I were speculating a few weeks away, but uh, no boot is a, a nice sign, at least in terms of progress. Illinois after tonight, up to number seven in the Ken Palm. I imagine that that falls at, at some point without Terrence Shannon, but uh, I think it was a good night for that team uh, in particular. One last note I want to leave everybody on. Don't look now, but Ty Rogers making free throws, Derek. He's 11 of his last 15 from the free throw line. Went four for five tonight. That's going to be important because he can draw. He can certainly draw those fouls. All right, that, that's going to wrap it up for us on the Atlanta Inquirer podcast. Um Please give us grace in covering this. We're trying to cover this as professional as possible. It's a difficult thing to cover when you just don't know a lot of these facts. So um, we're trying to give you the information you need um, with everything that's going on. Uh, I thought Whitman was really informative tonight, and um, we'll see where this takes us. But got a basketball season going on in in the meantime, Derek, and we'll cover it as it goes along. And uh, it was at least, a, I thought, a feel good performance tonight for that team, given the circumstances. Yeah, they didn't break its stride. I mean, a team that shared the ball well, scored at a high clip, uh, allowed some guys to continue their momentum uh, as far as Quincy goes, as Coleman goes. Uh, and, and and then obviously some encouraging breakouts from a guy like Justin Harmon and Dane Danger who needed it. I mean, Dane playing three minutes against Missouri. And, and yeah, you're doing it against a team that has a six foot seven starting five man. So you expect some of that. And Dane right. has had that in his, his track record of, of hurting teams like this. And all of a sudden you're going to see a seven footer and Matthew Nicholson on Tuesday against Northwestern. And then obviously Zach Eady a week from now. And then that's on that note, it's, it's going to get pretty fun. I know it won't if, if Illinois struggles without their superstar going into big 10 play, but uh, it's, it's going to get real again in terms of the scheduling, some big tasks, but some, obviously some big opportunities and, uh, this team still has a number of good players. They, they can still I, I be a pretty you, good team. I asked you over under this season, nine and a half big 10 wins. Did you answer me yet? I don't think I answered you. I'm going um, over. I'm going Yeah, over. I'll take the over. I, I think the big 10 is just not very good. And uh, I asked you before the game, like how many of John Gross's team beat this team as constituted now? And I think the first team with DJ Richardson, Brandon Paul, uh, and boy, I, was it that 14, 15 team? With with Egu and Rice and Tracy Abrams and Malcolm Hill and Kendrick Nunn, that was really yeah, talented, man. but just didn't get the most out of it. I think you're going to get the most out of this team. Brandon was a really good coach. This team's really connected. They got a bunch of veterans. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's 12 wins. I don't know if it's eight or nine wins in the Big Ten, but this team is not a Big Ten contender without Terrence Shannon, in my opinion. But I do think they can compete night in and night out in the Big Ten. But, boy, uh, the games aren't going to be easy now because Terrence Shannon – besides Purdue, was the best player on the court uh, when, when he was there, and, and that's just a huge X factor. So, But I, I still think this team's going to play hard. Um, I think they're re- represent Illinois well, Derek, and I, I think they're going to win some Big Ten games. I agree with that. It is going to be easier to fall victims to losses that 
potentially hurt your resume or, or just ones that you shouldn't take, whether it be a game like playing Nebraska here or, or going to Penn State. When, yep. when you have a guy like Terrence, you expect him to be just so overwhelming against teams that you should beat that even if other guys have an off night or whatnot, that you can you can get through that. Um, but still, I, you know, Michigan loses to McNeese State tonight. And they've lost, I think, five of their last seven or whatever it is. And Maryland Indiana, stinks. Maryland is horrible. Um, Indiana's having a heck of, time, heck of a time beating low major teams. Um, Penn State's not good. Uh, Minnesota's really, really bad. I know you don't double up on, like, Nebraska and Minnesota this year like you did last year. But uh, I still think, you know, Michigan State has its flaws. Uh, Illinois maybe does fall back a step in terms of Purdue's really good. Wisconsin's Wisconsin. probably next tier. Uh, Ohio State's kind of teetering in there, Michigan State. Uh, but you get into the even the upper of the middle pack, you got a lot of teams that have some, some notable flaws. Illinois maybe – falls into that, but I still think they're a pretty good team that can finish even without Terrence above the the very middle uh, of the Big Ten. And uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll learn more. The, the next week will tell us a lot about how they stand without their without their star. But, you know, as you diagrammed going through it, they, they, they've still got some pretty good pieces. Yeah. And uh, the good thing they have going for them, three of the next four uh, are at home. The one road one is the toughest one of the the, yeah. the season at Purdue, but Northwestern, Michigan State, Maryland, all at home within the next 14 days. I think this team's going to need that support. I think they're going to need that energy um, given the circumstance. So, yep. all right, that'll do it for us. Derek Piper, appreciate you, man. Uh, thank you all for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcast. Hit the like button on the YouTube channel if you're watching there uh, and subscribe to us and hit the notifications bell as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Choir Podcast. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.